0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie. Critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I am into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated PG thirteen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Warriors Player Podcast review. We're just bibbing along, breaking down all 23 members of the Golden State Warriors this year. Players who started the year on the team, players who finished the year on the team, everyone in between. So we're moving right along in alphabetical order with Marquise Chris, who might have been the most interesting story to come out of the season for the Warriors. Um, He might have been the best story to come out of the season if you're a Warriors fan. Certainly no one would have expected that going into the year, so make of it what you will, um, but there can be no denying that that Marquis Chris is, was one of the bright spots in what was a season that lacked bright spots. So how he came to be on the Warriors this year was a little funny and a little unexpected, um, it really looked like he was out of the league going into the year, uh, despite being a lottery pick in 2016, uh, the, the fourth overall pick, no less, or excuse me, the eighth overall pick. It was Dragon Bender who was the fourth overall pick in that same draft by that same team, the Phoenix Suns. Um, but still Chris lottery pick in 2016, he had spent two years with the Suns before they just got rid of him. Salary dumped him, I think. Um, to the Houston Rockets, who played him for a few games, realized they want nothing of him, tried a few games in Cleveland. That didn't work either. Entered last offseason without a team, went through almost the entire offseason without an offer from a team, or at least without an offer that was public or agreed to. And it certainly seemed like, despite the fact that he was – entering his age 22 season that he was going to start the year in the G league uh, or maybe even overseas. And then the warriors gave him a completely, a fully non-guaranteed contract for the year uh, right at the start of training camp. And truthfully it was probably only because they were dealing with injuries to both Kevon Looney and one of their big free agent signings, Willie Colley Stein. So they were just experiencing limited depth at center. And truthfully, when they signed him, I didn't think there was any chance he would make the roster. I thought he was just there to be a camp body since they were short on centers, get a seven footer in there for practice for uh, some preseason games so that players have, you know, a, a practice player to work with who could maybe approximate what Colley Stein and Looney were going to do once they were healthy. Um, And he ended up impressing mightily in the, in the preseason. Um, The Warriors players really put some public pressure on Bob Myers to figure out a way to get Chris on the roster. Uh, The Warriors were in a weird predicament where they did have an open roster spot, but Because of being hard capped following the sign and trade for D'Angelo Russell, they did not actually have the financial space to fill out their roster, even though they had an open roster spot. So they couldn't just keep him. Um, And it seemed like he was just going to have an impressive camp and then be, be done. But. Uh, the Warriors felt they needed him. The players put pressure on management to find a way to make it work, and Golden State ended up waiving Alfonso McKinney, who was also on a non-guaranteed contract, um, and opted to run with Chris instead. Um, not necessarily the most popular move with all people since a lot of people liked Alfonso McKinney, uh, but McKinney, very limited game, much older, so he not quite as much of a prospect, not as much of a high ceiling player. Did some nice things last year, but maybe got a little bit overrated and made it easier for the organization to run with Chris. And then Chris ended up impressing. He was thrust into a larger role than anticipated because Looney never really recovered from that injury. Um, and Alan Smiley proved certainly not ready to get minutes at center. Really Cauley-Stein had you know a few lingering issues. And Chris ended up playing a, a fairly large role, um, and then the Warriors almost lost him because they ended up having to waive him in January because Damian Lee had used up all of his two-way contract days, and the Warriors had, you know, a handshake deal with him that he would get converted to a guaranteed contract if he used up all his days uh, so they couldn't do that with everyone on the roster for those same financial limitations, despite uh, the availability in roster spots. So they ended up waving Chris to convert Damian Lee. Um, but when no one wanted to grab Chris's contract, the Warriors were able to resign him to a two-way deal, um, which apparently was his, desire all along he wanted to stay in the organization i believe he went through waivers if i recall correctly because they the warriors waived him right about the time of when his contract would guarantee so any team that signed him would have had to have guaranteed his contract for the rest of the season so that helped him get through the waivers and uh, then he he resigned immediately on a two-way contract with the team and then they rewarded him a few weeks of strong play on a two-way contract, and they converted it back to a deal for this year and for the upcoming season, two-year deal through 2020-21. I believe it's non-guaranteed for next year, but at least got him his salary for the rest of the season. So as for his actual play, um, it was good. Uh, that's kind of a crazy thing to say because, truthfully, he was so bad in Phoenix and so bad in Houston and so bad in Cleveland. Uh, just not a lot of people had any faith that he had much of an NBA career ahead of him. Uh, myself certainly included in that group of doubters. Um, happy, to be, happy to be proven wrong with that one. Um, but really, he just saw improvements across the board. I thought that his best chance to be successful this year would come from being able to play around a player like Steph Curry, play with that gravity, play with someone who was such a lob threat, and that Chris's just out-of-this-world athletic ability would allow him to go catch those lobs that Curry is so good at throwing. Of course, we all know what happened there. Curry broke his hand four games into the season. They really didn't spend much time playing together. So I was really shocked to see just how efficient he was able to be in a Warriors team that was not even close to at full strength. As a rookie in Phoenix, his true shooting percentage was 52.9%. Now, I'm not sure what the league average is, but it's usually somewhere around 55%. So 52.9% is... Just really low for any player, but especially for a center you you just you can't really succeed in the n b a with that type of efficiency from the center position unless you are a outstanding defensive player. Uh, his second year it dropped to fifty point nine percent his third year it dropped to forty five point five percent just atrocious offensively. In terms of efficiency. And then this year with the Warriors. It jumped up to 60.4%. And that came despite having. About as high of a usage. Rate as he had had in his first three years. So it's not like he was just. Coming off the bench. And getting put in really favorable. Situations and favorable matchups. Uh, He was. He was playing a lot. He was getting a lot of touches. um, And. (laughs) The result was really, really good um, in terms of efficiency. That was 9.3 points per game, no less, Um, as well as 1.9 assists. He showed an ability to pass the ball that I don't think many people knew was in his arsenal. Certainly, I didn't know that was in his arsenal. Uh, So he finished the year averaging 9.3 points, 6.2 rebounds, 1.9 assists, and 1.1 blocks per game. Shot 54.5% from the field, 20.5% on threes, which he shot not much, but every now and again, 76.9% on free throws. Uh, that was part of of amping up his efficiency. He got to the free throw line more than in the past and converted them at a much better rate. And again, uh, 60.4% true shooting percentage. That's a, a quite nice mark. Uh, not elite, but certainly good and something that the Warriors will will be happy with. And then he added to that some really strong defense, or I shouldn't say really strong, but strong. It, it was decent, um, which the Warriors will take, especially if they are healthy next year and, and compare him next to Draymond Green in the front court um, with Klay Thompson on the wing. Um, that's at least a solid foundation. Um, I think, you know, there's a chance that, that some Warriors fans – overrated his play a little bit because he exceeded expectations so much. I know there is a tendency, a, you know, a basic human tendency that I certainly uh, fall prey to all the time to kind of conflate someone who exceeds expectations with someone who was really good or someone who underperforms expectations with someone who was really bad. And, you know, that's not always the case. You can, you can be a lot better than, than people thought and still not be that good. Um, I think, you know, that kind of sums up Chris's season. He finished the year 139th in the league in player impact plus minus, which is not a great number, but is way better than we realistically had any reason to believe that he should have been. He, he looked like a player who was bound for, The G League for the year and instead was, you know, arguably one of the 150 or so best players in a league of 450 players. So, you know, as long as we temper our expectations a little bit and recognize that there are going to be some flaws with him going forward, that he's not just a player that you can pencil into next year's lineup as the starting center and say, go out there, play 30 minutes a night and we're going to contend for a championship. Uh, He's not that player. Or at least he's not the player yet. He has not proven to be that player, uh, but I do think he's proven to be a player who certainly has a spot on next year's team. I would be, you know, shocked if he if he does not start the year with the Warriors next year. Even though I believe his his contract is non guaranteed for for next season, um, but he gave the Warriors something that they haven't had much of in the last year or two in terms of that rim rolling, high athleticism, leap out of the building ability that was also paired with strong efficiency, decent rebounding, decent defense, nice passing, and really just uh, some fundamentally sound play, which really was not the MO on him. He, He was very raw the first three years in the league, and, And arguably, the thing he did best in Golden State was not make those critical mistakes. So it seems like the Warriors will want to see what he can do next year with a healthy Steph Curry and a healthy Klay Thompson as well, um, spacing the floor, causing, causing some gravity and some space so that he can thrive in the middle of the floor and, of course, catch those lobs from Steph Curry. So ultimately... Uh, I would not say that Chris was the best player on the Warriors this year, but I would say that he was one of the two most surprising and happiest uh, surprises, I should say, <laughs> not negative surprises. Um, you know, I think he and Eric Pascal were were pretty clearly the two bright spots for the Warriors, the two players who went. A, far and above what we had any reason to expect that they would perform. So a really great year from him in that, in that case, he just turned 23 earlier this month. So there's no reason to think that he shouldn't be growing and developing with the team in the next few years. And we know that the Warriors organization can be a little bit cold a little bit ruthless as you have to be to be a successful organization in terms of players you can't quite keep up we've seen them wave players trade players etc who maybe looked like they had some skill but then it kind of comes out that the team just didn't, didn't think they could make decisions fast enough evolve fast enough with the team uh catch up in the mental aspects of the game, et cetera, et cetera. And it certainly seemed like from everything we heard publicly that, that the warriors were, were quite high on, on Chris, as I think was reflected by getting rid of a fan favorite in McKinney to make room for him, re-signing him after sneaking him through waivers and then signing, converting his two-way deal into a two year deal. Uh, It seems like they are reasonably optimistic about him. And that, I think, in and of itself, at the risk of appealing to authority a little bit here, is a, a very strong thing in Chris's favor that suggests that, as a young player who's still developing, that the team believes that he can develop at the rate needed for a player on a championship contending team, which the Warriors intend to be. So he will rank very highly on my list of players I am most intrigued to watch next year, um, and really could be one of the X factors for the Warriors, that if he kind of regresses a little bit, depending on what the Warriors do in free agency and in in trades, if Chris regresses a little bit, you could make the case that that just shoots a hole in their plans to contend next year. And if he takes another step forward, um, builds on his successful 2019-20 season, and increases his production again for next year that could be the difference between the Warriors being a good team and a great team so he's a player to keep an eye on he's a player will be fun to to watch next year easy to root for and yeah really really looking forward to seeing where his journey goes from here